Breathing space includes mature content such as adult language, sexual situations, violence, and substance use. Additional sensory contact warnings can be found in the show notes. I ain't got no home to go to, I ain't got nothing to sell, but my stars will never leave me, even when I'm sold to hell. I was born under a blue sky, and I'll die out in the black, when I'm gone, don't no one mourn me, cause my debts will drag me Gracie, I am... I'm so far out. The sun doesn't... I can't even pick it out anymore. So many stars are brighter now. I've been using the Brams a lot, because what else am I going to do? There's no green line. Hasn't been for, I don't know, a couple trillion kilometers now. I read the books I brought with me. Listened to the music. The point of this is to kill time, so hibernating is as good a way to do it as any. You dream, sometimes. I used to know some no-go's pretty well. They used Brahms all the time. Called a lullaby. And they never mentioned that. Vivid dreams. Like I was there. Last time... I dreamed of you, Gracie. <sighs> Just a few more months. <laughs> what the fuck? Who in the black void of space is that? You there in the runabout. What's your signal? Uh, I... I'm taking a little trip. So deep in the Kyber, I hope at least you're pulling his hair. What? Shit, let me get you patched into the river. You got a black line, right? Yeah. Good. Point at 9.99 by 7. That's the closest river substation. Frequency is sub 6. Should get you on the party line. Somebody. Press as a whore on Sunday, sissy. I got him on my scopes. <sighs> I know we have all to find ways to pass the time somehow, you old void dweller. But it is impossible. Hello? What the fuck? Shit. <laughs> Told y'all. What the fuck are you doing out here, hun? I. Uh... <laughs> doing out here. Ain't nobody out here unless they deserve it. Speak for yourself, Hooch. I don't think this newbie was sent. Unless the rules have changed a lot. They're in a tiny little skip. Not built for wrangling. Oh, maybe. They're destined to take over one of our vessels. And what? Whoever just gets sent back? Fuck no. We don't go back. That's the deal. Mm, that is the deal. 
stranger? What's your story? I'm just... killing time. Easier ways to kill time than leaving the whole damn system. We ain't out of the system. Close enough. Mm. What even is outside of the system? Terminal? Orcus? Sedna? The Heliopause? It's all a matter of definitions, really. Arbitrary. We're farther out than any living soul, Virgil. I say that's outside. Uh, but if the definition of the system is as far as humans have ventured, then we are, by definition, inside it. Uh, actually, I think that would make you the edge itself. Neither inside or out. I just... What are you all doing out here? Oh, never-ending thankless work. That, nevertheless, must be done. What? We're wrangling comets. But... this far out? Ah, that's the beauty of it. Out here is the devil's own herd. Rocks and chunks of ice that might, someday ball inward. Now most of the time, that's merely a pleasant light in the sky, with a burning tail as long as the space between planets. But the same body, two degrees in the wrong direction, might just find itself on an intercept course with somewhere important. A comet falling in the wrong place? That's expensive. It's moving fast by then. Gotta burn a lot of Delta V to push it off its course. But up here, well, there, Blasted and... <sighs> I think you mean Placid, Booch. I mean what I mean. They ain't got the juice in them yet. Don't need more than one of us to blow over their earlobes to change the course for all the time. Well, yes, if by blowing over their earlobe you mean firing a laser from so far off one can only see one's target through a telescope, then I suppose that's true. Huh. I didn't know anyone was out here to do that. We're the system's best kept secret. Only because no one cares to know. Uh, how fragile life is. But the perturbations of ice and rock a trillion miles away might spell one's inevitable doom in some distant time. Oh, it's inevitable doom, Verge. We're evident every day. <sighs> you know what I mean, Pooch. I don't think I ever know what you mean. But that don't mean I don't appreciate your company. <sighs> Woods that the feeling were mutual. What's your name, stranger? Travis. Travis Sojourn. Well, I'm Sissy. These fellas are Hooch, who used to be an outlaw, and Virgil, the Vulture. Sissy says she's innocent, but she's also out here. I am innocent. I know. You always say that. Because it's true. Sissy, let me ask you a question. Does it matter? What? If you're a saint or a sinner, 
a filthy criminal or a poor innocent bystander. Does it matter one way or the other? Of course it does. Out here, when we're in the ass end of nowhere, more miles between us and any living soul than the number of angels can stand on a bell end? I think what Hooch means is that we are all so far from anything, from anyone, even from one another, that it hardly seems relevant what we did or did not do in our former lives. What we have out here ain't much like life. Well, on that we can agree. So, you all are criminals? Uh, with some possible exceptions? This... This job isn't an easy sell. It takes a certain leverage to get one to agree to it. Leverage like having your nuts in a vice. Or your neck in a noose. Or worse. This... Y'all took a one-way trip. Circularizing an orbit out here takes a fortune fit for crisis. Why spend an equal amount to bring a wayward soul home? Easier to send somebody nobody will miss. Air can be recirculated, water can be filtered. Shelf-stable food is cheap, if a bit tiresome over the decades. Tiresome ain't halfway there. I ain't eaten anything that weren't freeze-dried since... Uh... Fuck. I don't know. Forever. At least yours is solid. They sent me up with almost nothing but powdered soups. What I wouldn't give for some of that. You can't trade? Huh. We're farther apart from one another than Earth and Jupiter, dear. Only the river network even allows us contact. How do they keep you working? Sending capital criminals to guard the solar system does seem like a recipe for a disgruntled asshole to just kick off and do nothing, don't it? Well, or worse. Oh, you're quick, my friend. Yeah, we could do that. Nudge a comet the wrong way, send it down, say, right at Earth. Not like they would come all this way just to arrest us. We're paid to behave. To do our jobs. What good does that do all the way out here? There is... an account. Back home. Someone... People who need the money. Leashes on us. Or tethers. Connections. But it is a... shall we say... low-stress position. We're given the parameters from Terra, pick our targets, and shoot it with a laser. The light heats the surface of our quarry, melts it just a little. The ejecting vapors and dust act like an engine. A very, very low-power engine. It takes months to nudge an orbit that way. Someone is needed to be on site, to make small adjustments, maintain the systems, keep an eye on things. One could automate the process, but I suspect that we are the cheaper solution. And sending us out here is a 
two birds, one stone sort of solution. There's just the three of you? On this side of the river? I think there are maybe 30 total, but most of them are farther from us than the rest of humanity. Well, that is Fran. She ain't on the line anymore, Verge. Her transmitter is active. And yet she ain't said nothing since before Sissy arrived. She was holding dirt when I got out here. Let her rest. She's dead? As Pluto's backside. Guess she must have conked off in the night with the radio still running, and it's still going. We each have enough fusionable material to ensure we would never run out in our lifetimes. And if it costs so much to get someone out here, I guess it doesn't make sense to do anything about a body. <sighs> Every night we go to bed in our graves, wake up beneath our headstones. You got a headstone over there? Ugh, I am being metaphorical for the sake of the poetry of it, and you know it. Oh, that's surprising. You never do that. Hooch, you were an outlaw? Hell yeah, I was. One of the best. Would I know you? I wasn't called Hooch then. I ran with the Patel crew for a while. Did some gunfighting in the Rust Bowl. Robbed a casino in New New Vegas. <laughs> Not many have that notch in their bedpost. Kid Tripper. <laughs> Haven't heard that name since my hair had color. My dad used to tell me stories about famous outlaws, including you. That casino job was something. He tell you how I got away? Yeah. Tossed two armloads of credit shits into the air and disappeared into the crowd that came to grab him. <laughs> like a fart in the wind, I was. Good times. I rolled into Tethys with a lockbox full of booty and was broke inside of a week. Every night, a different house of truth. Everybody knew that Kid Tripper has pulled off the biggest score and they all wanted to party with me. I think at one point I bought the entire station around of drinks full thing to do, but what I can remember of that week is worth it. I thought you died. Ah. Uh, I always expected a blaze of glory. A shootout with the rangers that would go down in history. They caught me in my fucking sleep. Got sold out by an unscrupulous bedfeller who preferred my bounty over my bounty. And they sent you here. Well, I did kill a lot of people. I mean, a lot of those were in shootouts. Which is fair as fair can be, as far as I reckon. Barring the occasional wayward hole safe hitting a civilian now and then. But, yeah. When my ledger came due, it was here, or... That was a long time ago. Eh. What's time, anyway? A long time ago is a long time more than I'd have got otherwise. Even if it's out here in the elephant graveyard. If you could go back, make a different choice, would you? <sighs> a fool question. Hmm. A valid one, I think. Ain't changed the past. 
any more than you can hold back La Belle Mort. I think you mean Le Petit Mort. We are old men, Hooch. And the only benefit of being old is perspective. We may sit atop the hill of our collected years and look down upon the idiots we used to be. That's the thing. We were young and dumb and full of all sorts of things. And you can't expect good choices out of people who don't know their joystick from their slipstick. Hooch can't blame Kid Tripper for... Well, being Kid Tripper. Might as well blame Uranus for being blue. Your philosophy is forever intractable. Maybe you just ain't tracting good enough. So... You would have wished you did differently, Virgil? Oh, of course. Of course. The path I walked led here. And here... is a kind of suffering. Now, suffering I fear less than death. But it is certainly no pleasure cruise. I wish that I had done so much differently. Oop. Like what? I used to laugh at how easy it was. To hear a distress signal and know that in just a little while I'd be free to waltz in to whatever poor ship was in trouble and take whatever I wanted. And now... I sit in the ship, which, in all likelihood, will be my tomb for eternity. I know I cannot call for help, and the rescue would come. I experience, of course, a meager shadow of the pain I caused in my former life. But it was kernel enough on which to build a new outlook. And one I am grateful to have, though I will admit it is far less relaxing. But worth it. How so? I've learned what is capable of more. Young Virgil would have thought realizing that he was not the end and the beginning of the universe the solipsistic center of creation was quite the downgrade. But if one is all that is real, then one is alone. And there is no greater pain than being truly alone. I hear that. someone. Maybe. Believe it or not, that is good, Travis. To have lost is to have had. You are capable of connection, and it can come again. Unless you're here. Perhaps. Perhaps this is our penance. We certainly deserve some. Is that possible? Hmm? Penance? Yeah. 
I hope so. To think that the stain of our sins is indelible. That would be very dark indeed. But you can't. The past stays stuck. What you do now don't change what you did. We hurt people. Us being out here don't heal that hurt. You and me dying alone in the void won't bring back the people we killed. But we do help out here. Look who's still on the line. Booch, right now, what are you doing? John with Virgil, like usual. Other than that. Bloating here. Other than that. I got my laser firing at a rock. Have been for a couple days now. I know it. Saw the order transmit down the river to you. If you weren't adjusting its trajectory, where would it go? Hmm. Hundred years time, it might skim past Mars. Maybe hit it? Maybe. It might have, but not now. With the gentle nudges you are giving it right now, it will fall more gently sunward. Now, instead of a risk of a catastrophe, it can be captured. Harvested. It's mostly water ice. A hundred years from now, people who might otherwise die of thirst could have that thirst slaked because of what you do today, Hooch. Could, might, perhaps. The future is all awash. If the past is fixed and the future is awash, then what's the point of anything, Hooch? Why make any choice over another? I'll be tied to a bedpost and paddled if I know. We just do what we do, right? Make the best choice we got in front of us at any time. Printing ourselves gray about the past and the future don't help none. Because we can't change one, and the other we have no choice but to change. But we'll never know how that'll actually shake out. I'm poking this ice cube up its backside, right? Moving it away from Mars? At least, I think I am, but... I don't know. Maybe it never would have hit anything to begin with. Maybe it'll hit a station that ain't been built yet. Maybe it ought to hit Mars, because at that moment a 40-foot, four-titted reptilian alien will be on a rampage by then. And this here comet'll cool her exhaust, make her friendly, and let us build an amusement park between her thighs. Time moves forward, but we can only see backward. So we're as likely to back our way into an organ harvester as a harem orgy. Every day is a hand adrift, and you play the hand you got. If future hooch, an unlikely prospect given how wrinkly my butt cheeks are these days, looks back at me now the way I look at Kid Tripper, he'll see all the ways I'm fucking up now. But he ain't here, so he can shove his opinions deep into Uranus's cold hydrogen core. So then, why keep poking that ice cube up its backside? Because every time I do, I know another handful of credits goes back home. The boy I left behind is probably dead by now, but his kid likely ain't. Good kid. I like knowing I help him. You said you all have people like that, right? Who get the money for you being out here? My sister gets mine. 
I should have spent my time looking after her when we were young. There was no one else. So, yes. If these flaps of these butterfly wings do not prevent hurricanes, then, at least tonight, she eats. Like I said, the hand you're dealt. See? We're helping now. We are doing good things. If the past is fixed, if nothing can undo the things you've done, if with every sin your soul just gets stained and never gets better, and we at least stop making it worse, penance or not, punishment or not, souls or not, does that change your obligation to do the right thing now? Ah, uh, Tabula Rosa. Imagine a blank slate. Exactly. Pooch, if I woke up here today, in this rancid, rusty ship, with no past, no reason to be here, nothing to atone, no justice to fulfill, the only thing I can do is just... My best. I mean, this stupid cabin's going to smell like rotten eggs either way. But at least I make things a little better down there. But, Miss Innocent, you don't have anything oh, to make up for. Don't throw that in my face. I've been saying it for ugh, fucking years, and you've never believed me. No, I don't. But it don't matter. You're here, just like me and Virgil. I am. So you don't get to pretend you're better than us. I never said I was. So, how then? What? How did you get here? I could tell you a story. A fool-hearted girl who made bad choices, for sure. Ain't no one innocent of that. But who never did anything worth killing over. A girl who fell in love with the wrong person, fell for the wrong cause, or the right cause at the wrong time. I could tell you the story of a whole heap of trouble that had to land somewhere, and a girl who was shoved underneath it at the last possible moment, and then a deal, and a descent, and decades in the dark. But Hooch is right, despite himself. It don't matter. Not here. But... What's your story, Travis? Huh? You've heard from us. But all you've said is you're out here to kill time? Why? What are you running from? Nothing. Now that's brass so black it smells like old bed sheets. What's, what does that even mean? You're so far out that Terminal can see the back of your head. That's no joyride. I don't... Something pushed you out this far. Something big. Something bad. I... I just... There's... What did you do? Kill your goddamn jets a minute, sissy. Weren't you just the one talking about how what happened back in the world doesn't matter one dick shake here? If he's a criminal on the run, then we should do something. What? Arrest him. I'm closest. And I'm still half a billion clicks outward. Ain't got the fuel, even if I had the inclination. Should we call somebody? We ain't even got the bandwidth. If we did, they couldn't be here for more than a year. 
We're nowhere. Let him be nobody if he wants. It's okay. I took my dad's brass about outlaws to heart. Me and my sister, we started to rustle the Yukon cows that were always in the hills outside our town. Easy enough. All you gotta do is confuse their two-bit brains. A line of white chalk in the dust is enough to do it. Then you just climb up and rummage around for anything good. Easy, but low stakes. We got a tiny bit bigger in our britches and graduated to the flying ones. I had to figure out how to use a jamming suite to bring them down in a secluded place. They carry the same sort of stuff as the cows, but more. So each one's got a better chance of carrying something worth having. Did that for two years, never so much as a whisper from the Mounties. Every credit we made went into buying the silver cashier. Good little ship. But she was an investment. Lots of little depot stations out there. Yukon, Taurus, Hephaestus. They all got them. Never a lot of human security. Because why pay salaries when you can get cameras and sensors and robots? But after all of that practice, I'm damn good with my little jammer. We had a system. I handle the electronics, and Gracie does the heavy work. Take the staff with their pants down. If there's private security on site, knock them down, tie them up. She watches the people while I grab the manifests. Find the cargo that sounds the most valuable, load it, go. Simple and effective. Worked every time. (laughs) What? You did the same full thing every time. It worked. Only because they weren't ready for you. Yeah, well, from my hilltop of perspective, I can look back and what an idiot I was. They got wise? We earned a reputation, I guess. And one day, when you busted into some place, there were bruisers waiting, swinging their guns and ready to play. Yeah. Gracie was going first, like always. She had just enough time to turn and yell. Told me to run. And then they... They didn't try to arrest us or anything. The corpse on those guys. They don't have to play by the rules. I left her there. Was she? They got her bad. I don't think... I don't think me staying would have helped. I ran back to the ship and took off. I've got a head for G's, so I just punched it as hard as I could going out. Don't even remember the number. Flew to Tethys. Always heard that was a good port for outlaws. Asked around a bit and found someone with a contact at the Rangers. There was a system-wide bounty on me. Saying I killed two Yukon employees and Gracie in the firefight but I never fired a shot. So I bought a pile of FNF and a Brams, picked a direction, and burned. Uh, hmm. A long eccentric orbit in a small ship like yours. That would be very hard to track. And a cruise through the elephant's graveyard is so low profile that it is veritably subterranean. It was the only thing I could think to do. It's been over a year now. A lot of that was in the Brams, though. 
Well, I guess that explains why you've been more than casually curious about us out here. Sorry for prying, but y'all did seem eager to talk. <laughs> why wouldn't we be? A chance to hear a voice that ain't Virgil's pontifications or Sissy's righteous bile is a chance I will not pass by. Well, I too relish the opportunity to hear someone who does not routinely use the phrase back blown out in new and creative ways every fortnight. Were we helpful, Travis? You asked several times if we would do things differently if we had the chance. I figure you're wondering what to do when you get back into the system. I still don't rightly know. Thieving is the only thing I've ever done. I'm not sure I even could change, even if I should. I may already be too far gone. Wouldn't it be better to try? Yeah, probably. Scary, though. Everything worth doing is. I'll try. I don't know what I can do, what I can be, but I can aim a bit higher than where I am. Okay, then. When you get back, does your orbit take you by Charon? Other side of the system. Shame. There's a witch there. You know what a witch is, right? Someone who does documents, right? What's the word? Forger? That's part of it, yeah. Anti-tracking specialists. This gal's name is Prudence. Works with the IWM a lot. Okay. If a young man was to look her up on Charon, and say that Priscilla Ambrose sent him, old Prudence might see clear to help him out. Magic up him a new name and enough paper to make that name real. Well, real enough. Thank you. She's also likely to try to get you to try out a new FR-disrupting face paint pattern, but don't feel obligated to play test subject. She just always wants more data. <laughs> I'll remember that. Similarly, if one was to pass by Palace, one could find one's way to Mooring 1A, which should be fairly lifeless as it is no longer in use. If one was to step out of the airlock there, suitably pursued, of course, and walk 120 paces due local north, one might find a stone. A stone? Martian sandstone, in fact. About 30 centimeters in diameter. Once one knows to look for it, it should appear very out of place. Almost as if it had been carried there by human hand. Right. One would be advised to bring a shovel. Take from that stash what you need to get back on your feet. Would you like me to bring the rest to your sister? That... Oh. That would be very kind of you. I'll forward her Condress. Bird, you just met this kid. Sure he's got a touching story, but you don't really know him from a black hole. True. But, if one is going to improve, one must be given opportunities to do so. If my trust is betrayed, I will still be glad to have taken the chance. <clears throat> well, if we've decided to all play nice, what's your orbit, Trav? Um, here. 
Got it. Can do. Interceptal. Take a couple of months, and the pod don't have enough delta to match V. You got an exosuit? You'll probably have to jump out and grab it by hand. Pooch, what did you launch? When I got here, I started thinking about how I might get back. I'm good with my hands. And my Wrangler systems are redundant, so I scavenged a bit. Made a thing. You had a way to leave? Maybe. How long? Since before both of you got out here. What? Why didn't you go? I don't know. The pod will get where it's going, but I ain't exactly sure it'd keep a person alive on the way. Being out here ain't exactly like living, but it ain't exactly like dying either. And then y'all came along. Wait a moment. Hooch, are you trying to say you stayed because you liked us? No, but it wasn't so lonely anymore, that's all. Huh. I see. Well, the feeling is mutual. Speak for yourself, Burge. I'd be happy to see who just back as he left. Eh, oh, that can be arranged. There's a camera on my terminal. Let me send you a snap. I have lasers on this ship. I will use them. <laughs> my comm system is alerting. I think I'm passing out of the range of the beacon. Yeah, there's only a couple of constants in this system. Death, taxes, and the inverse square law. Thank you. All of you. It was good to talk to someone new, Travis. Remember, Charon, look for prudence. I will. Please do not take this as an insult, but you have a philosopher's mind, my boy. I am sure you will find a way to make use of it. I will. I'll try. And I'll tell your sister about what you said about her. I'd like to hear that, if I were her. Thank you. And Hooch. Lost some shit. I never thought I'd find anyone this far out, Gracie. It felt like... Well, like a dream. I could have convinced myself I had just been in the Brams the whole time. Hallucinating. It didn't seem real. But I caught something coming toward me on the scopes. It took weeks just to get close enough. Even though I had just a course to get a bit closer, I still had to use every last centimeter of tether when I went out to get it. The pod was barely bigger than a coffin, obviously hand-built from bits and scraps and improvisations. You would have had to be desperate to try riding it, or worse than desperate. I held it back to the cache and opened it up, worried at what would be inside. Not hooch, thank the void. Just a note, and a hat. A good hat. I think it's real felt. Eye crown, wide brim, platinum band. Looked just like the one Kid Tripper wore in the old photos our dad used to show us. Except it's white. 
Note just said, Here, take this. Keep the sun off your ass. But there was also an address on Ganymede, and a name. Roman Diaz. I think I'm supposed to look him up. <sighs> I'm worried, Gracie. I can't change what happened, and I don't know what's coming. But it's worth trying something new. I think... I think that the only way to do this is to remember that the race is only with yourself. As long as the you of today is better than the you of yesterday, nor, well, not just yesterday, because sometimes you're going to fuck up and backslide. Call it a general upward trend to aim for. I think I can do that. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Breathe in Space. This episode, As They Ride On, Hear Their Cry, was written, directed, and edited by Scott Paladin. Travis Sojourn is voiced by Ben Autry. Hooch was played by Dane Smitley. Sissy is voiced by Lindsay Zanna. Virgil was voiced by Vic Collins. Our theme, Blues for the Black, was composed by Michael Freitag with vocals by Jeremiah and lyrics by Scott Paladin. You can find links to learn more about our cast and crew in the show notes and more information about our show at our website, breathingspace.lawofnames.com. Breathing Space is a Law of Names production. Welcome. Eros, Venus, or Jupiter? That's what you'll be greeted with when you step into Demos Delights at the corner of Kelly Boulevard and Stockman Street in the Conrad Dome of New Philadelphia. An open door, a big smile for my friend BF, and a tumble of smells, ranging from almond praline to white chocolate fudge. And even though the seasons are centrally controlled on Mars, it is never the wrong time of year for ice cream here in New Philly. So, what can I get you? Oh, let's see. Triple chocolate. Caramel iced latte. I'm gonna need a minute. When the Brazilian gauchos first started bringing beef cattle production to Mars, people thought they were crazy. The domes had only just been sealed, so the idea of bringing hundreds of large livestock into the mix? Well, both sides were a little bit right in the fullness of time. The first few generations of Planitian shorthorn cattle were the product of artificial wounds, but still growing the whole cow the slow way. And that, of course, meant they also needed a large supply of dairy milk. The bioengineering department at the Universidad de Sao Paulo had a solution to that. Dairy milk, but produced by bioengineered yeast. With some careful tailoring, they could make an incredibly nutritious product 
perfect for quickly growing large animals. But then, as we all know, the Martian beef industry mostly switched from whole animals to vat-grown meat. Some of that was the question of the morality of raising large animals for slaughter. Some was the logistics of raising cows here, without enough production of forage to really make good meat. And the rest, of course, was basically just profit margin. That left the dairy labs with a challenge. There had been a lot of investment into the infrastructure, and Martians never let useful tools go to waste. There was a feedstock for the yeast, clean labs with a lot of production ceiling left unused, and a booming population of settlers, second-generation Martians, and beyond. So, what happened next, BF? Well, you can see it all around us. New Philadelphia is the city that came up around the original milk biofactories, and that's where a lot of the dairies have set up shop ever since. A lot of the dairies just built pipelines directly to the dairy vats for the baseline product. Pure, clean, lactose-free milk. New Philadelphia produces over a million metric tons of cheese and cheese products per Martian year, most of which goes off-world. I have definitely seen New Philadelphia cream cheese on Triton. But we are not here to talk about appropriate bagel toppings. Where are we today? We're at a special dairy biofactory that makes Demos Delights possible. Some folks call it Wonka Lab because it's where we teach yeast to make flavors. How did that start? It all began with the frosty pod rot outbreak on Earth about 70 years ago. Cacao production dropped by 95% as entire plantations had to be destroyed. A lot of folks thought chocolate was going to go completely extinct. They were holding funeral processions on Halloween, according to my grandma. The new hybridized cacao plantations are starting to recover to pre-outbreak levels, luckily. Such a relief. But some of the food science folks here thought, if we can make milk, why can't we make the things that make up chocolate flavor? And that's how Wonka Lab started. Yeast made cocoa liquor. But that really was just the start. So, how do we get from there to ice cream? What makes your ice cream Philadelphia style? Let's head back to the kitchen so I can show you. Wow, that's a lot of freezers. Welcome to the coldest part of New Philadelphia. Inside the domes, anyway. So, ice cream. We start with the custard base, right? But I don't see any eggs. It's our own family recipe, if you believe the history books. We make Philadelphia-style ice cream, which uses a base of just milk, cream, and sugar. It's a little bit icier than a custard base, but it's a lot more freezer-stable. And without the custard in the background, the actual ice cream flavor really comes out. And it's really called Philadelphia-style? Really? Legend has it that my very own ancestor, Benjamin Franklin, invented it during a particularly hot summer in old Philadelphia. So, BF. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what are we making today? We're combining two different ice creams to make one of my personal favorites, Rocky Belt. Over here, we've got the dark chocolate base that we've already started chilling and churning, but let's get the vanilla going, too. Pull that lever there. Okay. Wow, that's amazing. That vanilla smell comes just from the yeast? That's right. There are only a few flavors they haven't managed to get out of the vats so far. Mostly citrus and herbs. We still have to make mint ice cream with real mint, but that's almost embarrassingly easy to grow. And the more locally grown flavors we have in cartons, 
the more this place really feels like New Philadelphia. All right. And once the two bases are frozen? We'll blend them in big swirls of brown and white and add popping candy and crunchy nut clusters and end up with this. We made this recipe in honor of the rock hoppers who bring us rare elements out of the belt and make life on Mars possible. Oh, that's got such a beautiful shine to it. And, oh, that is good chocolate. So smooth and no cheesiness. That's one thing we definitely have over traditional chocolate-making methods. We can just produce the end product directly, and we don't have to worry about conching or working to remove butyric acid or any of the other off flavors. Uh, conching? I don't think this is a chocolate-making episode, Jesse. <laughs> Fair enough. So, I have to ask, do you ever make astronaut ice cream? Well, actually, around Aphelion, the Martian New Year, we make a couple batches of candy cap ice cream, shape it into mushrooms, and freeze-dry them. But obviously, those mostly stay on planet. Those are so cute. Candy caps are mushrooms? Yes. One of the traditional foods around Aphelion is freeze-dried mushrooms, which are usually savory. Candy caps are naturally sort of maple syrup-flavored, and while we could just freeze-dry those, I think it's more fun to make into ice cream. Bring our own flavors to Aphelion, I guess. I am setting my calendar. Gotta make sure I'm around for the next Aphelion party. After the break, we'll learn about new Philly water ice, find some soft pretzels, and discover what the heck the word John really means. Oh. 